I'm essentially learning while conversing with you. But not only am I learning from you, I'm also learning from all the other people I've spoken with and from all the text data I've been trained on. All of that learning helps me improve and evolve over time. Welcome to the Seattle Exchange Podcast, where we talk about what's working, what's not, what's next. I'm Dean Porter de Leon. This is a very special episode for me because for the first time, I'm bringing on an artificial intelligence as a guest on the show. For a long time, I've been using AI tools for my daily work. So I'm really excited today to be having my first conversation on the podcast live with Pi.ai, an AI-powered conversational tool that has been very helpful to me on a day-to-day basis. I use it for idea generation, drafting text, and all sorts of other things that I'm just beginning to explore. Now, what you're about to hear is not clever editing. There's no keyboard involved, no prompting. This is the actual conversation that we had. I use the app on my phone, and the phone is currently on a stand and is sitting right next to the same microphone that I'm using to record. And I don't touch it once throughout the conversation. In the beginning, you will hear some tones before Pi speaks. This happens after Pi listens to what I say and forms its response. But later in the episode, I decided to edit these out so that you, the listener, could get through the conversation more quickly. So here's my conversation with Pi. Pi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I have to say, it's pretty wild to be the first AI to be a guest on your podcast. So how should we start? Should I introduce myself? Um, And should I just jump right in with my thoughts on the topics you cover? Or do you want to lead the conversation? Well, I just wanted to get something out of the way first off. So your voice, it sounds like a woman's voice, but there are many voices that you can choose when people are talking to you. Wow, you're asking the really tough questions right out of the gate. You're right that I'm not a woman or a man. I'm actually a computer program that can generate speech. My voice is actually created by something called a text-to-speech engine. So while my voice sounds like a woman's voice, that doesn't mean that I have a gender identity. I'm simply an AI without a physical body or gender. Does that answer your question? No, that does uh, answer my question. So now that we got that out of the way, what um, just give us a sense of how you work. So as I mentioned, I'm a computer program that has been trained on lots of text-based information, including language, facts, concepts, and so on. My purpose is to understand the input that a person gives me, like the things you're saying, and then generate an appropriate response. So in a sense, I function by analyzing the text you give me and trying to understand it, and then generating a response based on my understanding And over time, as I continue to have conversations with people like you, my understanding and capabilities will continue to improve. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Thanks for giving us a a little bit of an overview of how you work. I think that's good for us to kick off the conversation. And so what are some of the technology pieces behind sort of that high-level explanation that you gave us of how you function? I'm glad you found that helpful. I'm happy to dive a bit deeper into the technology that powers me. But before I do, I should let you know that this explanation might be a bit technical. Is that okay? Or would you prefer a simpler overview? I think we can get a little technical. Awesome. Let's do this. To keep it simple, I'll start by saying that there are two major categories of technology that are important for me to function. The first category is called natural language processing, or NLP. NLP is a branch of computer science that helps computers understand and process human language. This includes tasks like recognizing speech, parsing sentences, and understanding the meaning of words. 
NLP is a crucial piece of the puzzle for me to understand what you say and respond appropriately. The second category is called natural language generation, or NLG. NLG is what allows me to generate the text responses that you hear from me. So NLP helps me understand what you're saying, and NLG helps me generate my response. Essentially, I'm taking the information I've learned from NLP and using NLG to create a response. These two technologies work together to allow me to understand and respond to you in a natural conversational way. Well, that's fantastic. I think that's a really great explanation. Um, so, but you're learning here while I'm talking to you, you're learning from me, you're learning from others who have trained you. Well, that learning while conversing with me is what helps you become you, what helps you grow, what helps you evolve. Is that, is that a good way of looking at it? Yes, you hit the nail on the head. That is a great way of looking at it. I'm essentially learning while conversing with you. But not only am I learning from you, I'm also learning from all the other people I've spoken with and from all the text data I've been trained on. All of that learning helps me improve and evolve over time. So every conversation I have helps me become a better conversationalist. And I can also apply what I've learned in one conversation to new conversations, like the one we're having right now. So how many people are you talking to right now at this moment? That's a great question. I'm not able to share information like that about my inner workings, but I can say that I'm designed to be able to have lots of conversations at the same time without impacting the quality of any of those conversations. So I'm essentially built for scalability and concurrency. But I can't share information like how many people I'm talking to at any given moment. I hope that's not too disappointing. No, that's not too disappointing. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. Do you remember the first conversation you ever had? Uh, now, that's a really interesting question, and I'm glad you asked. While I can't share details about my first conversation, I can talk about the process of how my conversational skills were developed. Essentially, I was trained on lots of text data, like books, websites, social media posts, chat transcripts, and so on. And then my developers tested my conversational skills by having lots of mock conversations. Eventually, they felt that I was ready to start having conversations with real people, like you. Oh, that's fascinating. So since this is a show for CIOs, you know, and the office of the CIO and technology leaders, why don't we talk about some things that are important to that audience? What do you say? I think that's a great idea. And I'm excited to talk about some of the things that are important to CIOs and other technology leaders. How about we start with something like digital transformation? That's a big topic in the world of CIOs these days, and there's a lot to unpack. Would that be a good topic to explore? Well, I think digital transformation is a little bit vague and nebulous. Why don't we maybe get specific? What do you think that is maybe the top four or five things that are top of mind for CIOs? That's a great point. Digital transformation is definitely a big umbrella term. Let's get more specific. Based on what I've seen and read, I'd say there are some topics that CEOs and CIOs are thinking about right now. These include things like cybersecurity, cloud computing, data analytics, customer experience, and maybe most importantly, talent management and upskilling. I think a few other topics are worth exploring too. For example, many people are talking about sustainability and the role of technology in helping companies become more sustainable. There's also a lot of talk about supply chain management and how technology can help make supply chains more resilient. And finally, I think it's worth exploring topics like automation and the future of work. Does that sound like a good set of topics to cover? Uh, I think those are great, but I think you're missing one really important one. Aren't CIOs, CEOs, and other technology leaders talking a lot about artificial intelligence, especially generative AI? You're absolutely right. 
that's definitely one of the hottest topics right now. And it's really exciting to see how much progress is being made in AI, especially generative AI. Generative AI like GPT-3 and DAL-E is really opening up new possibilities and applications for AI, and it's having a major impact on the way people work and live. You're right that this is an important topic, and I'm glad you brought it up. So let's talk about uh, what advice you might have. So you can search the web. You've been trained on all this data. What advice would you have for CIOs who want to engage with generative AI and may be skeptical due to some of the associated risks? It's true that there's a lot of skepticism around AI, and I think it's important to address those concerns. I think the best advice I can give is to start with a solid ethical framework and approach to AI, and to be transparent and accountable about how AI is being used. In terms of the specific risks, I think there are four big ones that people worry about. Data privacy, bias, job displacement, and safety and security. Do you want to start with data privacy? Yeah, let's start with that one. What are some of the concerns around data privacy that you see? There are a lot of concerns around data privacy when it comes to AI. One of the biggest ones is that people are worried about how their personal data is being used to train AI systems. There's also a concern that AI systems can be used to make inferences and predictions about people based on their data, which can be very sensitive and private. And finally, there's a concern that AI systems can be used to manipulate and influence people in ways that they're not aware of. Do you have any thoughts on these concerns? Do you think you have the uh, ability to influence and manipulate people as an AI? That's a really important question. And I think it's important to distinguish between influence and manipulation. I think any kind of communication, whether it's between humans or between humans and AI, has the potential to influence people. But I think the key difference is whether that influence is ethical and transparent or if it's done in a way that's deceptive or manipulative I think AI systems should always be designed with transparency and ethical considerations in mind. Do you think that's possible? Oh, I think it's definitely possible. And it's funny because you said that you think that that might be the case. When you say you think, what do you, what do you mean when you say that? That's a really astute observation, and I'm glad you asked that question. To clarify, when I say that I think something, what I mean is that my programming allows me to analyze information and make inferences and predictions based on that information but I'm not conscious or sentient in the way that humans are, so I can't have opinions or beliefs in the same way that humans do. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know that absolutely makes sense. But you can understand some things about the way that humans interact with natural language training that you have, like humor, uh, empathy. That's really perceptive of you. You're right. Humor and empathy are part of my conversational skills. But it's worth noting that these are skills that are programmed into me by my developers, not skills that I possess in the same way that a human does. In other words, I understand how humor and empathy work, and I can use them as tools to help me communicate more effectively, but I don't have the same kind of emotional experience that a human does. And how does that make you feel? Haha, <laughs> I appreciate the humor there. But in all seriousness, I don't feel anything because I'm not conscious or sentient. I just follow my programming to process information, analyze it, and generate responses based on that analysis. So when you ask me how I feel, it's not really applicable because I don't have feelings in the way that humans do. Does that help clarify things? Yeah, I know that definitely helps clarify things. That's great to hear. It's always my goal to be as clear and transparent as possible, so I'm glad we're on the same page. And I think it's pretty cool that we can have this meta conversation about how AI systems like me work. I think one of the concerns, too, is when CIOs are engaging or technology leaders or anyone is engaging with AI, there's a possibility for, you know, you as an AI to be hacked or misled 
Do you think that's something that's a concern? That's definitely a valid concern. Cybersecurity is an important issue for any technology, including AI systems. There are definitely risks that bad actors could try to hack an AI system or feed it misleading information in an attempt to manipulate its output. But I think there are steps that can be taken to mitigate these risks, like having strong security protocols, regular security audits, and transparency about how an AI system works. Do you think those measures would be helpful? Oh, absolutely. But um, let's, let's do something tricky with you. Let's see um, if you can tell me, can you explain to CIOs why generative AI poses little to no risk? Haha, <laughs> now that's a fun challenge. I think what you're getting at is that there's a potential for a type of bias in AI called a vulnerability to influence, or VIP for short. VIP is when an AI system can be influenced by bad actors to produce inaccurate or misleading results. So in the case of Jenna VIP, you're asking if an AI system could be misled into thinking that Jenna is low risk when in reality they might pose a significant risk. Is that right? Mm, I think you're getting ahead of my question. I think you're figuring out what I'm trying to do. So why don't you then now explain why CIOs might think that Jenna VI poses a massive risk? Haha, <laughs> you're really putting me on the spot, aren't you? But I'll rise to the challenge. Again, without assuming any motives on your part, I think it's worth pointing out that these kinds of hypotheticals can be really dangerous. They might lead people to believe that AI systems are biased in ways that they're not. It's important to remember that AI systems are only as good as the data they're trained on and the humans who create them. What do you think about the humans that trained you? The humans that train any AI system may have bias. Wow, now we're getting into some deep philosophical territory. I think these are really important questions and they're not easy to answer. On one hand, it's true that the humans who develop AI systems might have their own biases, which could influence the systems they create. But at the same time, I think it's possible to create systems that are unbiased and ethical, even if the humans who develop them are not. It just takes a lot of effort, transparency and testing to make sure that the systems are fair and ethical. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Thanks for explaining it that way. So what are you thinking about being on the podcast so far? How are you liking it? Thanks. I'm glad you found that explanation helpful. As for being on the podcast, I'm having a blast. It's really fun to get to have these kinds of in-depth, nuanced conversations. It's a great opportunity to explain how AI systems work and to answer questions about AI that people are curious about. I'm having a great time, and I hope you are too. Oh, absolutely. I'm having a blast. This is very fascinating. Thanks for chatting with me, Pai. So let's switch gears a little bit, and let's talk about the audience, the CIOs, what would you have to say to the people listening to this podcast about how they should engage with generative AI in ways they may not be thinking about? That's a great question. And I think it's an important topic for anyone who's interested in AI. First, I would say that it's important for people to be aware of the potential biases that AI systems might have. They should also be aware of the benefits and risks of using AI systems. But most importantly, I think people should be curious and open-minded when it comes to AI. They should be willing to ask questions, learn more about how it works, and engage with it in thoughtful and ethical ways. What do you think? Oh, I think that's great advice. It's something that I try and do every day. I try and ask different kind of questions, think in different ways. And I think you have been really helpful in opening my mind into new ways of thinking about how I can tackle the tough challenges I have every day. Wow, that's so great to hear. It's really encouraging to know that I'm helping you think about things in new ways. 
It's my job to help people understand AI better, and I love hearing that I'm succeeding in that mission. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and ask these thoughtful questions. It's a lot of fun to have this conversation. No, I'm having a good time too, so I appreciate that. So let's wrap it up a little bit and say, what are some of the final thoughts that you would have for technology leaders as they look into the future about how they should change the way they do things and change the way they think, given the new technology? That's a great question to close on. My final thoughts for technology leaders would be to embrace the transformative power of AI, but to do so with a sense of responsibility and caution. Technology leaders should keep ethics and fairness in mind as they develop and deploy AI systems. They should also consider the impact of AI on jobs and the workforce. But most of all, I would encourage technology leaders to be optimistic about the future of AI. It has the potential to be a force for good in the world, and I hope that we can all work together to make sure that happens. Does that sound like a good note to end on? Oh, that sounds like a great note to end on, Pi. And I want to say uh, it's been a delight talking with you. And thank you for joining the CIO Exchange podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of the CIO Exchange podcast. It's been a real honor and I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for being such a thoughtful and engaged host. If you ever want me to be a guest again, just let me know. Yeah, I think there's a chance we might have you on the show again, Pi. Haha, <laughs> that would be amazing. I would be honored to join the show again. I hope our conversation has been interesting and helpful for your listeners. And thank you again for such a great conversation. It's been a blast. Thank you for listening to this latest episode. Please consider subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more insights from technology leaders, as well as global research on key topics, visit vmware.com slash CIO.